take some extra maternity photos. I don't think there's anybody that has said, I took way too many photos while I was pregnant. I feel like so many moms tell me that they regret not taking more pictures during their pregnancy. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesl Team. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth-related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. Are you wondering what to do while waiting for labor to start? I hear you. I've been there. I get it. I went overdue with both of my boys. Not super overdue. The first one was three or four days. The second one was five. But those days start to feel like forever. (laughs) So I get it. If you're at that stage right now, I feel you. Okay. We have all heard that joke about the last month of pregnancy being 5,500 and a million days, right? (laughs) Well, this week I am going to share some ways to help you pass that time. Okay. And get you a little more prepared mentally, physically, and sentimentally. That's a thing, right? (laughs) Keep in mind that these are all things that aren't absolutely essential for you to do, but it's a great way to just kind of fill those waiting hours and waiting days and waiting weeks, however long you're waiting. All right, let's get right into this week's episode. Packing your hospital bag is one of those pregnancy must-dos on every pregnant woman's mind, but the thing is, it can be tricky to know what to pack. Truthfully, as a first-time mom, I was such a slacker when it came to packing my hospital bag for labor. I was lucky I didn't go into labor a few weeks early because I would have not been prepared for anything. (laughs) But since then, I've come a long way and put my labor and delivery knowledge to good use to develop the ultimate hospital bag checklist just for you. This free printable checklist is organized for mom, partners, and baby, and includes only the stuff that you actually need. To grab it today, head over to mommylabornurse.com slash hospital bag. Your completely free list is waiting for you at mommylabornurse.com slash hospital bag. And now let's get into this week's episode. Okay, you guys, this is going to be a quickie episode. I like those quick and fast episode, quick tips. All right. So I'm going to go over 10. No, I think there's 12 tips that I have or 12 things that you can do while you wait for your sweet baby to get here. Because I know what it's like being pregnant at the end and what that wait is like, and you just need to fill your time with stuff. All right. This first one is make sure you've got a safe sleep space for baby in your room. So as we prepare to bring baby home, the details and emphasis always goes into the nursery, right? Separate room. It's really fun to think about like themes and everything and what it's going to look like. But right before baby is coming, now is a good time to check in and make sure that you also have a nice, safe sleep space set up for baby in your room. The AAP does recommend co-rooming, not co-sleeping, but co-rooming for the first six to 12 months of life to reduce the risk of SIDS. I know that sounds like forever and 
take that with a grain of salt. I did not have my baby sleep in my room for six months, but some people do. And that is what the AAP recommends. Definitely a good idea though, to do when baby is little. Some really great options for co-grooming are pack and plays. I have a lot of people who just do a pack and play and that's a perfectly fine option. You can use the snoo, which is what I used. And then they have obviously a ton of bedside style bassinets or sleepers. A lot of people use those like ones that you can kind of attach to your bed too. So that's an option as well. In addition to a safe sleep space in your room, it can be really helpful also to have a little changing area and a little rocker, you know, rocking chair or nursing station. Some people like to do it just in the bed. That's what I did because I didn't have a lot of space. But if you have a bigger room, it might be worth it to think about putting a chair in there and like a little area to kind of change baby as well. Number two, do some cooking or baking for your freezer. I am not a great cook. <laughs> I'm an okay baker. But if you're a decent cook and you enjoy cooking, take some time to prep healthy and easy meals for your freezer. This one is not one that's on a lot of checklists, but I think it is so, so important to say. A lot of baked goods do freeze easily too. Muffins, banana bread, you know, stuff like that. And if you're not a super great cook like I am, go to Trader Joe's. They have a really, really great freezer section. <laughs> Other food stores do too. But if you have a Trader Joe's, they actually have some really healthy, yummy freezer options. And that is just as productive as making extra freezer meals. A good tip too that I learned is in that last, you know, kind of month or I mean, even before that, when you make a meal, if you're the kind of person that cooks, I don't, but if you're the kind of person that cooks dinner, a good easy way to start like getting stuff into your freezer for postpartum is to just double your recipe and freeze whatever is left instead of taking time out of your schedule to just make freezer stuff, like just kind of tag it along to when you, you know, already make dinner. Number three, make some do-it-yourself patsicles. Oh yeah. So does everybody know what patsicles are? I hope by this point, you guys have been following me for a little bit. You know what padsicles are, but if you don't, listen up. So after you have a baby vaginally, regardless of if you tear or not, your vagina is usually quite sore and even sometimes swollen down there, okay? And ice packs really do feel amazing down there. Padsicles are basically just ice packs that are infused with other healing and pain relief goodness. All you have to do is grab some pads, whichever kind that you like, the bigger, the better, in my opinion. You pour some witch hazel on there and you soak it pretty good. You don't want it to be dripping, but you soak it pretty good. And then you pour some aloe on top and make sure you get the clear aloe, not the green stuff, because sometimes the green stuff, you know, you can get irritated. So just make sure there's no dye or anything in the aloe. And then you just wrap them back up in the little wrapper and you put them in your freezer, in a little freezer bag, and you put them in your freezer. And then once you need them after postpartum, they are wonderful. They feel wonderful. Used a ton of them. Some women I have talked to find that keeping them open and freezing flat does work better than closing them up. I think it really just depends on how much you saturate the pad and, you know, which pads you choose. But that is something I wanted to say as well. All right, next one. Take some extra maternity photos. I don't think there's anybody that has said, I took way too many photos while I was pregnant. I feel like so many moms tell me that they regret not taking more pictures during their pregnancy. Even if you did do a maternity shoot earlier in your pregnancy, 
I encourage you to get some photos of yourself in your everyday life. I know a lot of you guys feel like you're really swollen. You know, you feel like you're really swollen. You just don't feel like yourself at the very end. But I promise someday you are going to wish that you had some pictures of you when you were nine months pregnant. It's just fun to look back on memories. So grab your partner, grab a friend, can designate this to somebody. Say, hey, whoever, (laughs) I really want some pictures of myself. Can you just be my designated picture taker when we're together? Number five, I think we're on, have a special day for yourself. Okay, I cannot recommend this enough. Get a pedicure, eat your favorite food, go to your favorite restaurant, just try to relax and enjoy your final days with your bump, (laughs) with your baby. Prenatal massages are also a wonderful activity for your final days, and so is reflexology. I did reflexology kind of the few hours before I went into labor. Really just anything that brings you joy. If you're not a pedicure person or a massage person, maybe you like to, I don't know, do something else that's super relaxing. I just invite you to think about some things and just cram them all into one day and it will just be so nice. Number six, go on a date night with your partner if you have one. So this is really important because it might be a while before you can do this again, right? And if you make it to your due date without going into labor, celebrate with a little due date date. I should coin that due date date (laughs) instead of being disappointed, right? You're like bummed usually on your due date because you're like, oh, I want to go into labor. But hey, be like, let's have our due date date tonight, babe. So I have a couple of suggestions. So we already said the due date date. You could do an induction or C-section eve date. Go on a little date the night before your induction or your scheduled C-section. You could have a foods to start labor date. I did one of those. Go somewhere that has really spicy wings and jalapeno poppers or pineapple or whatever. You could have a shopping for a baby date. My husband would not be super into that, but you know, that'll be fun too. go somewhere that, you know, has your favorite baby stuff and go shopping for a baby. And then movie night. Everybody loves movie night. (laughs) All right. Number seven, make something special for baby. The activity of creating something for your baby in these final weeks is such a great way to pass the time. It's a little keepsake that you and your baby will hold on to forever. I'm going to give you some ideas. But no, of course, whatever you decide, you know, can be unique to you. So these are some popular ones. You could knit or crochet a little hat or sweater, blanket, booties, anything you want to crochet or knit. Create a little unique piece of art for their room. How cool. Like you could say, hey, kiddo, when I was pregnant with you, I painted this beautiful picture that's in your room. I mean, I feel like that's pretty cool. You could pull out your sewing machine if you have one and... If you know how to sew something, you know, really the opportunities are endless. You can make clothes, nursery decor, changing mat, birth cloths, blanket, quilts, anything. You could create a little scrapbook. That's a very popular one or a photo album. Or, I mean, gosh, it's never too early (laughs) to start a baby book. A lot of those baby books now too have a section in the beginning that you can write stuff about your pregnancy. All right, the sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. This one is from Instagram. She says, just wanted to drop in and say thanks for making your birth courses and info. I took your natural course when my water broke at 37 and 5. I wasn't having contractions on my own, so I ended up being induced and eventually opted to have an epidural. 
Even though my birth was the opposite of what I thought I wanted, I felt so prepared and at peace with the way my daughter was born. I truly think your course made the difference between my birth feeling traumatic versus just a slight change of plans. Oh, I love that. That is like, oh, that is exactly what I want you guys to feel like after you take my course and after you give birth. Like if you have something happen during your birth that you didn't expect to happen, like I want to teach you about it beforehand so you are mentally prepared to handle those changes because that is how we prevent trauma. Really, really and truly that is how we prevent trauma. Are you interested in birthing without an epidural? Did you know that simply wanting a natural birth isn't always enough? Many mamas fall into the trap of wanting a natural birth without fully preparing for a natural birth. And often that results in an epidural and plenty of disappointment. And girl, there is nothing wrong with having an epidural. Okay, let's be clear. But if your dream is to go natural, you need straightforward birth education so you know exactly what it takes. Birth It Up, the natural series will help you feel and stay confident and in control during your unmedicated birth. It's simple. Access the class, erase the unknowns, and get ready to rock your natural birth. To learn more, head over to mommylabornurse.com slash natural birth. That's mommylabornurse.com slash natural birth. Number eight, write your baby a letter. So on a similar note, of course, take some time to write baby a letter. You really can't do this wrong. Whatever comes to your head and you probably will cry as you're writing it and probably when you go back and read it because, you know, you're going to do that. I encourage you to write anything that you feel compelled to say, tell, or document for them. Make a little plan for when to give this letter to them later in life too. So some people do this and they write this to their kiddo and seal it and then they don't open it you know, until they're 18 or something. So you could do that or you could open it on their first birthday. I don't know, you know, whatever feels good. It might even be the start of a tradition. You might want to write letters to them every year for their birthday. And then you give all of them those letters when they turn 18. I've seen people do that too. And it's like super sweet. Number nine, talk with your partner about labor updates and birth announcements. Yeah. This is a conversation that is worth having. So one aspect of labor and birth that you may have not planned for yet is how you'll keep your family and your loved ones updated. Cause if you have a family like mine, <laughs> they're going to be very like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And this might be especially true to should your birth take, you know, an unforeseen turn and you want to update your loved ones pretty quickly. Okay. Some people like to have one contact person who they can relay messages to, and then that person relays messages to everyone else. Or maybe your partner is perfectly okay with like handling contacting everybody and just, you know, communicating with everyone. Also going along with this, you should also talk to your partner. If you have one about who you want to tell directly after baby arrives and at what point you want it on social media, cause that's important. And I've seen fights break out, like taking care of patients and somebody posts something and they're like, uh, hold up, <laughs> not good. So we definitely want to just clear that conversation too. Number 10, think about how you'll introduce your baby to your pets if you have pets. So this is another thing that some parents just, you know, forget to think about, but cats and dogs often have some big feelings of their own when a new baby enters the family. 
I actually did have a professional dog trainer come on the podcast way back when, and I will link that episode in the show notes page too if you want to check it out. She gives some really, really great tips if you have a dog on like you know, kind of what to think about when bringing baby home and behaviors that your dog might do, you know, that sort of thing. Number 11, try out your baby gear if you haven't yet. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't stress this one enough, especially with your car seat. Okay. So hopefully by this point, you've got kind of the bigger things in place, like the crib, a rocking chair in the room. If you have that, like changing station, your dresser, all that stuff, you set up any bouncers or swings or whatever, and you even install the car seat. But if you haven't definitely installed the car seat, but I want to urge you to try this stuff out, put your hands on it and don't just think, oh, you know, I'll figure it out like the first time that I use it. I would really put your hands on this. Car seat especially, I've done posts on this before that it's so important to really just put your hands on your car seat and learn which buttons go where and how to adjust things because it's very daunting if you've never had a kid and then you have a baby and you're trying to work with a car seat and you just have no idea what you're doing. It's a little learning curve. So some practice before having baby, whether it's with a baby doll, you know, I use like a little stuffed animal or if you have a good friend and they just had a baby and you want to just practice with their baby. I mean, that's really the best practice if you can can get yourself a hold of a baby. But yeah, car seat is definitely the most important one. Check out the diaper bag. I mean, even diaper bags, I feel like it's a learning curve. Like, okay, which pockets are for these? And know that when baby's here, you might obviously change your mind about certain things. But yeah, go through your diaper bag. Check out the stroller, how to like fold and unfold the stroller. Practice with the pack and play because that's things still pain in the butt five years later. (laughs) Really, all of these things are usually designed for ease of use once you've got it down. So I encourage you to figure them out now while your frustration threshold is nice and high. (laughs) Number 12, this is the last one. So start doing some techniques to encourage spontaneous labor. Yes, if you have a scheduled C-section, obviously we can skip this one. But if you're just waiting for baby to come and you're just waiting, might as well do some stuff, right? There are actually a ton of evidence-based and anecdotal ways to naturally induce labor out there, but you do have to remember that unless your body is physically ready, it just won't happen, okay? Doctors really don't know what triggers women to go into labor, which is really kind of crazy if you think about it because we've been having babies for how long, right? There have been tons of studies on this subject, but, you know, and there's theories out there, but we just, you know, we don't know, like absolutely, this happens in your brain and then, you know, this happens down here and that's what triggers that. Nope. Something about your baby's position, your cervix being nice and ready, and certain hormones all kind of seem to be key players in naturally inducing labor. I will link an article in the show notes page for you to check out. I have like a big article on a ton of them that I've listed out. And I encourage you to take a look at all of these and definitely don't do these until the timeframes that we recommend, but all of these are safe to do. And I also always give a disclaimer of like, okay, for example, one of them is we talk about red raspberry leaf tea and the benefits of that. If you get yourself some red raspberry leaf tea and you think it's the most disgusting thing in the entire world, don't make yourself gag down red raspberry leaf tea, okay? If doing any of these is causing you stress, don't do them. It is okay. This is just for like, hey, 
I have some time, might as well do some of these things. It might really help to prep my cervix a little bit for when my body does decide it's time to go into labor. So if I don't hate red raspberry tea, like might as well drink some of it, right? (laughs) All right, so let's end this episode with some signs of labor, okay? It is also helpful to know some clues that labor might be imminent. And remember that some women don't have any warning signs at all, but... These are some of the common ones that I hear. So you might just feel extra, like extra, extra exhausted. And then sometimes you get this like burst of energy right before you go into labor. I've also heard of people... I experienced this definitely with my first pregnancy, but not with Ryland, with Walter, that I just felt this like mental fog. It's hard to even explain, but I heard people also say that, that it's like, you just have this weird, like foggy kind of feeling. I experienced it the day before I went into labor, but I've heard of people like having this kind of feeling. And then a few hours later, later, labor, a few hours later, going to labor. Another one to look out for is diarrhea. So this one, obviously, we need to say, hey, if you're thrown up and having diarrhea, you can get dehydrated pretty quickly. But we do, and obviously get that checked out, but we do see people have diarrhea kind of close to labor because it's just kind of your body's natural way of excreting your bowels. And also those same hormones that are starting to change your cervix can really relax your GI system and that can cause some diarrhea as well. And then obviously (laughs) the lovely mucus plug, right? So the mucus plug is one of those that some people lose them right before they go into labor. Some people don't lose it until they're in labor. Some people lose it the day before they go into labor. Some people lose it weeks before labor and they don't go into labor. So take that one with a grain of salt. (laughs) But the mucus plug, what I like to tell people about, about that is if you do lose your mucus plug, don't expect to go into labor like really, really soon. But just know that your body is telling you like, hey, I'm getting prepared for this thing that's about to happen. So it's a good sign if you lost your mucus plug. It does kind of look like a giant booger, just FYI. It also can come out in pieces, but it looks like a giant booger. All right. And then the last one, well, the last two is, hey, you start to feel cramps that start to get stronger and more rhythmic start to have these early contractions and they're not really getting better with some things that you're doing. Sounds like labor or obviously if your water breaks, you know, if your water breaks at any point or you feel like your water breaks, definitely go get it checked out. All right. That is it for this episode, guys. I hope to anybody listening that you have your baby soon, (laughs) because if you're listening to this episode, you probably are like, I want to have my baby soon. So I hope that you have your baby soon. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.